Hello and welcome to Creativity Uncovered. My name is Abby Gatling and I'm on a journey to uncover how everyday people find inspiration, get inventive and open their imagination. So basically, I want to get the lowdown on how people find everyday creative solutions for home, work, play and everything in between. And through this podcast, I'm looking to uncover a whole suite of tried and tested ways that you can use to summon creativity the next time that you need it. Now, today I'm speaking to Sasha Eburn. Sasha is a fellow Queenslander, a business owner and a coach, and she works in the virtual assistant or VA space. And I'm keen to hear about how creativity has impacted her life and how it relates to being a VA. So welcome, Sasha. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, no, my pleasure. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, this podcast is all about creativity, but before we actually jump into that, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to quickly talk to you about your career Uh, because, you know, we've spoken in the past and you said you've worked in hospitality and Mm -hmm. wedding planning Mm -hmm. and freelancing um, but now you're actually the owner of a VA agency and also you coach other people to scale their own VA agency. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, okay, so that's, I mean, that's quite a, quite a journey. It sure is, yeah. <laughs> a range of, different, uh, range of different roles there. So tell me, how did you move, like how did you get from weddings and hospitality into VA? Like what what was that all, that journey like? Yeah, so... Great question. And I guess after 20 years in hospitality events, uh, predominantly in hotels, COVID happened. And like a lot of people around the world were heavily affected and coming from the hospitality industry was essentially just shut down. We, well, I worked in the first hotel that became, sorry, the hotel that became the first quarantine hotel in the entire country. Oh, wow. So we, we, were, we were the first to go and I worked in sales at the time and obviously we didn't need sales because we became quarantined. Yeah. So, yeah, and it was probably only three or four months after going back from maternity leave as well. So I hadn't really been back in the workforce for, for that long. And then COVID happened, um, stood down and then did any number of things to keep going and keep afloat. And it was mm. just by chance that I was doing um, body shop at home during the pandemic because we were all at home. So what better way to jump on a virtual body shop party and buy some body shop? Oh, I and didn't know they had virtual ones. That's cool. <laughs> they still they still do, yeah. You don't have to go in in I think they still continue that post-COVID. And I went and met with up with an old industry colleague to give her her body shop and had coffee outside of the cafe because you could sit in the cafe at that time. Mm. And I was like, what are you doing now? I know that you know you got made redundant and all of these things. And she's like, oh I'm a VA and didn't really know what that was. And coming from, you know, hospitality and events, I was just like, oh, if she could do it, I could do it. And jumped into a whole lot of Facebook groups that she invited me to watch the space for about six months. And then I was EA to a director in a real estate firm and wasn't really enjoying, you know, the office environment, 40 minutes to work every day. And just decided one night to jump on those groups to see if there was anything there and found a couple of leads. I set my business up overnight and website in a couple of hours and then within 24 hours I had my first client. Wow. That's cool. I like that you saw the opportunity and <laughs> went for it. Just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. So what like what exactly is a VA and what what sort of type of things do you do? 
Yeah, so it varies. And a virtual assistant predominantly is a self-employed person that provides a service remotely. Mm. And traditionally speaking, a lot of people start in this space by offering administration services, executive assistance, um, type of roles, email management, diary management, life admin. That's really a lot of where people start. Now we go well beyond that scope. We do a lot of digital marketing, content creation, website design. We support a lot of business coaches and, you know, supporting their course creation on tech. Just, uh, yeah, any any number of things. Um, many, so many hats, it seems. Yeah, it just, kind of, it just kind of grows and we grow with our clients as well. So if a client turns around and says, oh, I need help with this, generally it's something that we as a team can take on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so now you know, you're a business owner and um, you coach other business owners. Tell me what's right. the difference between um, doing that and working in an industry that you've been working in for so long being hospitality? Yeah, I guess it gives me the option to be creative and just do things out of the norm. And working as an employee, working with different brands where you're so bound by the rules and the expectations, it's really Mm. great because now I can just do what I want or if you want to change things tomorrow, you can. And it's just really about the flexibility to doing it in the way that we want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So then do you think that's typical of being an employee or do you think that's typical of being in hospitality itself, like that sort of stay in your lane mentality or this is the way we do it, don't change it. Now that I'm so far out of the employee, I believe it's a traditional employer-employee type of relationship. Mm. I know that there's a lot more companies that it's a little bit better now since COVID and a lot more you work your way wherever you want, all of that. I still feel that a lot of what they're doing is on someone else's terms. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't think it's just straight to that industry. I think it's across the board in an employee scenario. Yes. Okay. And so now when we spoke last time, you're talking about how it's um, such a joy to be creative in, (laughs) in your own business. Yeah. Did you think that, is that something that you think you've been craving for a long time, that opportunity to be creative? And do you think that perhaps you could have tried to squeeze that out of hospitality or do you think you had to make that jump into being your own uh, business owner to, to get that opportunity? Or perhaps yeah. you didn't even think that you wanted it and now you've just on reflection to feel like you like it. There's so many options for you to choose from or any of the above. <laughs> I think it was probably more the initial one that you said. I think I always had that creativity inside of me and I was always trying to break the mould. It would come time to create new packages for, you know, the events department or things like that and I would normally create it but we would still have to deliver it to the marketing team. So I would try and put my creative spin on it before it would get to them and then they'd have to brandize it and put their brand standards on it. So it's kind of like I was just still trying to buck the trend. And then in my freelance, well, I guess in both the hospitality and my freelance wedding career is I did actually go and study wedding styling so I could really learn how to be a lot more creative with the psychology of colour and how to really support a bride in being creative in her wedding and bringing the look and feel to life rather than just being that hotel person that just does the food and beverage I wanted to be able to support them to actually create the bigger vision so it's definitely always been in there craving to come out yeah so how did you choose to do the wedding planning things like that seems like a kind of a a nice little middle ground between where you are now and the hospitality but 
do you have an interest in that area or how did you choose that yeah so it kind of chose me um so a lot of hotel yeah a lot of the hotels that we worked in weddings we did weddings in the hotel so I was always interested in events and then I was in a hotel and they're like okay well you're going to start being our weddings person and I'm like this is so exciting like I've just always been fascinated by weddings I love them they're beautiful the romance all of that and then such a happy occasion (laughs) exactly and then this just started you know this whole big amazing thing and then even working in resorts like it was so beautiful like I worked on Hayman Island and we did beautiful weddings we used to go to Whitehaven on helicopters so like it really kind of one I was delegated it and then I was just like this is just a whole new world for me because I just thought it was so beautiful and then I wanted to take it to that next step so that was freelancing as well as you know when I was in the venue space as well yeah that's cool what um so what was like the most creative thing you were able to do in that role or was it just the freedom and you know is it kind of like is there a formula for weddings that people follow or is it sort of a blank piece of paper and you and the world's your oyster to be as creative and as lateral as you as you want to be Yeah, it's definitely the freedom to be as creative as you want to be. And I think when you're freelancing, you have a lot more say with the bride. When you're a venue coordinator, generally they already have a stylist or they have a wedding planner. So it's you're very much in the background and you are kind of in your own lane of the hotel. Mm. A lot of the events that I did, say, when I was on Heyman or even when I was in Vanuatu, was events for the hotel. So I got to plan the 2000, I think it was 2020, no, was it? I can't even remember what year it was, maybe 2011 um, New Year's Eve celebration for the entire resort on Hayman Island. So, you know, what that flow was and that was, you know, entertainment, that was music, stilt walkers, the design for the tables because it was like a progressive kind of dinner throughout the entire resort. And that was really fun because there were no rules. It was just like you have to be able to entertain them, provide food and beverage and have everybody have an amazing New Year's. So to get a really small brief like that and just to kind of make it whatever it's like. And then also when I was in Vanuatu, I did Christmas and New Year's there as well. So when you're doing events that are like ticketed events or for the resort, it's kind of like go for go for gold. Whereas if you're doing it for a client, obviously, you know, it comes down to what the client wants. Wow. That sounds so cool. Did you live, did you live in Vanuatu and all these places yeah. at the time? Or- yeah. Wow. I lived, okay. I lived in the resort in one of the hotel rooms. Oh, what was home, that like? <laughs> yeah, I could have housekeeping every day. It was it was nice. However, it was very difficult to switch off Yeah, because, you know, you, you'd finish a wedding and you'd go back to your room, but the wedding would be happening on the beach in front of your room. So it's just like, oh, are they oh, so you're still themselves? peeking out. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> staff know that you live on site, so they're constantly calling you on your day off or you know, so it is, it is quite intensive. And on Heyman lived in the Star Village. Yeah. Wow. Very similar as well. And they had, I think it was a, I can't remember what it was, but it was one week you would only have one day off. And then the following week you'd only have two days off, but being in events, if your day off was a day that one of your couple or your event clients were leaving, you had to go and take them to the boat. So it was kind of a 24 seven type of role as well. Oh, wow. So that definitely was leading you into becoming a business owner. Where it's very <laughs> a lot hard to switch off. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that seems to be like a really nice natural progression into into the VA stuff because you're wearing many hats, you're coordinating a bunch of different things, you're working with someone and you have to kind of know them intimately, I suppose, to be able to deliver to them. Do you think that there's been a crossover between that and and your work now? Yeah, definitely. And I think when it comes to, you know, even sometimes we've done branding for some business coaches, they're like, oh, my my portal where my coat my my courses are, it just looks old. We need a redo. So, you know, we've jumped in to do that. And just to kind of come up with something when the business owner really hasn't given us any brief to then mm-hmm. share with them what we think the vision is and for them to be like, oh my gosh, I could not have imagined what that would look like. It it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's mostly in the visual space that you're creative in your current role or yeah, so I'd say so. To... Yeah, um, it's a bit of both, which is great. So I do a lot of strategy with the clients and that's kind of where mm. another strong suit's coming out for me. Um, and then I do have team that are really creative, but generally I have like the visual in my head and I, you know, portray that to them. I'm like, can you go away and create these graphics and then kind of deliver on that? And it seems to work really well with the team because mm. even what they provide for me to deliver to the client is sometimes better than what I had in my head. <laughs> it's kind of like the brains behind the idea and then they go and do the work because, yes. um, you know, as a business owner, you have a lot less time and a lot less patience to sit there and put all the graphics together. So yeah, yeah, come, come up with it and somebody executes it. <laughs> that I mean, that's half the battle, isn't it? it it's, you know, you come up with an, an idea, but being able to articulate it and take people on the journey with you to get that buy-in is mm. certainly um, sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's been a learning experience for me as as you know as my team has grown. We're we're now a team of four at Crisp, um, and and we do a lot of visual stuff. We we do a lot of design and websites and things like that. But um, I've always been the one who's do, done the strategy and onboarding and all that type of thing. So I come up with the ideas and trying to get the team on board um, and articulate what I want is um, sometimes hard when you know you don't work in the same state or even in the same yeah. country. Yeah, exactly. You're learning a whole new, a new normal doing it remotely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's here to stay. I feel. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Also. I, someone asked me the other day, would I um, be getting an office for my team now? It's growing bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of love working from home. I yeah. think they love working from home. <laughs> I don't, I, although as, I'd love to see them more often. Yeah. I think there's other ways you can be creative and and do that and get together and still build that connection outside of working together yeah, in, in a physical office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Has that ever crossed your mind or like where whereabouts are your team located? It has crossed my mind. And then I just think about the dollars relating to a space. Yeah. I'm like, why would I why would I have this ongoing extra cost when we all have these offices already? Yeah. And we can connect so often and so much. I do like the connection piece. Um, because we do have a team in Sydney that I've never met in real life. I have, I have a team member in Thailand and she's just living there with her family, but she's from the Gold Coast. So I know her already. Mm. And then my business manager lives in Germany because we used to work together in a hotel in Abu Dhabi. So it's kind of like, even if I got a space, the whole team wouldn't be together. So if everybody was in Queensland and it would make sense, I think 
for community and collaboration potentially, but when not all of them are here, it seems pointless because then it would only create a further divide with the people that are not in the state. Yeah, that sort of halfway point of being half online, half not online is yeah. is a hard one to balance. But I also like the idea of if you're fully virtual, it means that you can, yeah, give opportunities to people that you've worked with and you know that you work really well together, yeah. um, you know, from your past life. Um, but also you're not limited just to the local community and the local skill yeah. set. You know, you're like, oh, I've got this person in Perth who's amazing. I would love to tap into their work. Exactly. That shouldn't limit their opportunities because they're not based in the same state as you. I completely agree. In the past, I used to, you know, when I was single, no child or any of that, I used to just move wherever for the jobs. Yeah. And then you get to a certain point in your life, you're like, done doing that. But now you actually don't have to. And I think, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, my, my business manager, we've been friends for over 10 years and the fact that we've worked together before as well. So I know that we've got that cohesiveness that respect for each other that we can separate work from business and it just works really well so why can't she work for me I think it's really great that we have the opportunity to work together again and we don't have to be in the same city yeah yeah that's great and so how do you manage um collaboration and um so you've got a business manager I guess that is for growing the business BDM style right or Mm, not really I mean I think in the beginning maybe that was the suggestion she's really what we'd call an online business manager um because she's kind of been with us from really early on it's kind of morphed and grown and you know just didn't want to change a title but Mm. um she's working really well in the digital space and the graphics and our social media so we we started having her sort of head up a lot of the social media so that's that's kind of working for the moment and I guess with that it's not time specific as in clients are not just sitting there you know needing to pass work over so the time difference doesn't have any effect on us it's kind of like well we know that we need to deliver work by this date to then get checked to then get posted out by this date so it's more of a a Mm. day timeline which I think works works really well and we do have I guess by 2 p.m we kind of have a day crossover so the time's not too bad. So then if everyone's sort of separated out and she's doing social media for your business or is she doing it for your clients? She's doing it for the clients. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, like, how do you get um, consistency across the brand when you're in different time zones, different locations? How do you articulate that and, and, and stay cohesive? Yeah, I guess by having the same person do it for one and having brand guides. Mm, which mm-hmm. yes it's kind of a you know a flip side before because I actually used to try and buck against those you know <laughs> brand guides and things like that and I've got an implemented one for me however you know if the team were to be like oh I actually think this graphic might be good and I'm I'm open to that like I'm not I'm rigid per se as in you know you need to use the same fonts and things like that but I don't have a you can only use this logo on this background it's mm. just as long as it's clear, like don't go and put a pink logo on a pink background because you won't see it. Yeah. So as long as, you know, initiative is being used and they can still be creative, I'm not that set in stone on mine. Yeah. And however, with clients, we always make sure that we follow the client's brand guidelines because that's what they're paying us to do. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Like I kind of made the distinction between a brand guide guidelines and brand bible (laughs) and I think that you are if you are in a super corporate environment perhaps your hospitality big chain of hotels 
or for me working, um, I've worked in the government, I've worked at um, universities, they're brand Bibles, as in you, they say it, you do it, and then there is no leeway. Uh, Whereas brand guides, I feel, give you that flexibility to still um, come up with new ideas for the brand, uh, flex your creative muscle, but you do it within the those guides. The guides are font color, uh, fonts, colors, yeah, imagery, tone, uh, and I like that. I like that. That I feel like it, you should empower your team to to still become become creative and come up with their own ideas because otherwise it's boring for them. It's boring for us. It's probably yeah. boring for the audience and all yes, the clients exactly. as well being like, did I read this one already? No. Oh, yeah. no, that was the last one. Then it looks exactly the same. Do yeah, the same. Yeah. <laughs> it, it needs to look different for, you know, for people that are digesting the content as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So jumping back again to creativity, because when you're talking about, it, I can just see that you're coming alive. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to know, like, what is creativity to you? And, like, how does it make you feel? What I, I can see that you're getting very animated. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny because I, I don't normally talk about it as much in this context. And, you know, it's probably, I guess, reminding me how much I do like it. And I think Canva has probably allowed us to have that creativity. Mm-hmm. And one has probably allowed me to be creative. And probably, especially in the beginning of business, I would not never have so many different brochures, pictures, graphics, any of that, because I'd be paying somebody a lot of money to create these graphics. So I think that that has allowed us to be creative and allowed us to to bring it out of us as well. Um, and it's, you know, like I talked about, like I was kind of bucking against kind of letting it out before and now it's just like oh you know this big huge explosion of creativity and color and I like having the opportunity to I guess express myself in that but also it's just like how do I put my vision for my business out there to everyone to come and work with us as well Mm. because it's not just colors on the page it's just like well that's emotions as well and if you then talk about the psychology of color well how does that then sit with somebody else and how do they receive the information that you're putting out because of the look and the feel and it's, well, how does it make them feel? Mm. So I think then that that's just putting a lot more emotion into the creativity and the design side of things. Yes, I agree. I think there's so much more to design than just making something look lovely. There's there, there's so much thought that actually goes into yeah. it. And yeah, you mentioned Canva. I, I agree. Like, um, you know, I was, I was actually at a um, webinar, sort of like summit thing a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> topic for designers and topic of Canva brought up and the amount of all, the eye rolls and like shutters and like, oh, you know, and, and I, I was just thinking, I don't see an issue with it. I don't see an issue with Canva. I love the fact that it has enabled people to tap into this creativity that they have inside of them and do it easily and express themselves. I think that's great. I don't think it's taking away from traditional graphic design. I don't think it's taking away from, um, you know, the perfect, like the truly trained professionals in yeah. that space. It's a different offering for a different type of client. 
I 100% agree. And even some things that I do when I go for printing, I have to send it to my graphic designer Mm. because of the quality. And I can't, you know, if if it's something that's printed, like I wanted to get some notebooks printed and I wanted to get some T-shirts printed for my team, I can't export a vector file. So Mm. there are limitations to Canva that then allows you the fact to then go and use the resources of a graphic designer. And I think maybe this is the kind of pull that's happening in the business industry at the moment is chat GPT and all the copywriters being scared, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 12, two mo- 12 months, eight, 24 months down the track, we're probably going to be in the same situation where, you know, us as non-copywriters are going to have the use for chat GPT. But when it comes to, you know, talking about SEO and conversion and, you know, highly skilled copywriting, then that's when you go and pay for a copywriter. So I feel like it's, it's very similar that I think everything still has its place. Yeah. Are you using chat GPT in your business at the moment or is that sort of part of your long-term plan? We use it for ourselves. Like when I'm just throwing stuff together or or I'm doing brochures and things like that, or if I'm doing my own website stuff, Mm. However, for clients, no. Mm. If clients mm-hmm. are paying us to write, then we have our caption and copywriter writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there's a place to work alongside the chat GPT. Yeah. And that thing, I mean, that's brought up, been brought up a few times on the podcast that this sort of AI, what is the impact of it on creativity? But I think it's a starting point. Yeah. I think it's something to work alongside but as you said before it doesn't have the emotions and it doesn't you know the emotionality and the and the thought and the deep research behind some of the things that we're doing yeah color selection font selection um writing emotively for a client getting the right tone for a particular client that's just something that i mean currently the (laughs) currently ai can't do We'll yeah. see if it moves into that space, but I truly think that there's a space for humans to work alongside it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that, I know you found this opportunity to be creative in your current business. Do yes. you think that Do you think that everyone needs to be creative to run a business or do you think it just kind of makes it a little bit more fun and more easy? I personally think it makes more fun and easy. I think there's some people that don't believe that they have any creativity bone in their body. Mm. and maybe that's just because they haven't explored it or they have no interest in it. And then that's where we talk about hiring for skills gaps. You know, so if they have that gap and they have that block and they can't be creative and they don't know how colours are put together, then they can use, one, the tech resources at play or they they can get support team or even hire a graphic designer for those things. And I guess the other benefit of hiring a graphic designer is a graphic designer can support somebody that isn't creative to actually draw everything out to then go and make the magic happen, so to speak. So they know what questions to ask to then go and create the outcome. Mm-mm. I love that you said skills gap just then. Like, yeah. <laughs> such a business-minded thing. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I mean, that's why you outsource. It's like exactly. you either have skills gap or there's some type of deficit. That's why you outsource. It's like skills or time. Or yeah, money. do you want to sit there and go and learn it, or just pay somebody else to jump in and do it and get it done quicker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, that's it. That's really interesting. So, um, w- tell me about you. Like when you're trying to be creative, sounds like you've got a lot of opportunities in your business to do yes. that. 
what are some things that you do to get into the mindset to allow you to be creative? I think it's probably morphed and changed over time. And I think it's more about one, probably a lot of pictures that maybe I've seen in the past of, oh, that looks great. And then kind of putting my own stamp on it. But now it's very much about knowing how it's going to land for the client. And then it's kind of like when you talk about copy, you want to talk to your ideal audience. When I create designs now, I'm just like, well, how will that person receive it? And what is it going to make them feel? Because it needs to resonate with what you're putting out. So if you're talking about, say, business coaching, it needs to kind of give them the feel of the transformation that they're going to get when they jump into business coaching. If Mm. it's more about services, how is it going to make them feel knowing that, you know, all of the stuff on the list and the graphics is going to take them to the spot where they don't have to worry about it. Mm. So I think there's a lot of that kind of comes into it. And it's, yeah, it's very much about how did, how is it going to make them feel in the transformation? Whereas before it was probably like, it just looks good. Yeah. 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 And do you, um, what what's your brainstorming technique like? Do you do you have one? <laughs> like for me, I when I come against a problem that I can't do, I take a walk or I change put turn my mind off it to then it then it will come to me when I when I least expect it. <laughs> I find that if I get a bit of a block, I just ask the team. Oh, ask like, your team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I'm just like, I I know I want this, but I don't know what I want it to look like. Can you give it a go? And then nine times out of 10, it comes back and I was like, that's not what I was thinking, but I love it. Let's go with that. <laughs> that's good. Harnessing the brain power of your yeah, team. <laughs> just using everyone's creativity, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Are you constantly surprised when things come back and you're like, that is better than I could do, or yeah. that's different and I love it. <laughs> like, Why did I even spend my time thinking about it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. I, I've, I've thought that several times throughout the last couple of years since I've had a team like, I in the past I probably would have been really prescriptive about what I want done and then now over time I'm just like no nah, you've you've got the skills for this I'm just going to say what I want to achieve how you yeah. get there is up to you and I am constantly surprised and amazed and impressed by what comes back to me it's just um I find it very exciting <laughs> yeah I think sometimes it's even better because sometimes you could sit there and overthink it and you could give them the list and list and list and then it comes back and like, uh, it just hasn't hit the mark I find more often than not when I don't give a brief that's when it's way better than I could imagine wow okay <laughs> so it's that's... it's safe sitting there and overthinking it <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely. Because I'm sure there's a, another thousand things that are on your to do list. <laughs> it's a never ending to do list. Yeah. <laughs> so now that you've um, found yourself being more creative at work, do you, has it inspired you to do creative things outside of work? It has. It's at the moment a lack of time. Mm. But there's a lot of other, like, I, I see it all the time on people's Instagrams, like pottery classes or the sip and paints. Mm. My friend went and did a sip and paint the other day and she painted a turtle. I'm like, this looks really good. I think I would love to to go and do that. So, yeah, definitely there's there's a lot more of that that I'd, I'd like to do and I think it's probably more of a, you know, start scheduling it in my diary at least one, once a month just to kind of get that creative outlet going. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's been a theme on a couple of these episodes is that once people get a taste for it, they are trying to seek out other opportunities. Obviously yeah. time is a factor when you're running a business, but 
um you know once you start being creative you're like oh i need more <laughs> insatiable yeah, sure absolutely <laughs> yeah so to, uh, last question for you what would you recommend for others who say that they want more creativity in their life or in their career and they're not necessarily getting it at the moment i think do the things that we just spoke about go and try new things I mean, new experiences are great, even if they're not create. You know, even if they're not creative, anything outside of the norm, uh, even just you know, Google unusual things that you can do on weekends and things like that. You'll be surprised, you know, how creative you can be with that. And even just jump into Canva. And even before I was in business, you know, when I found out about Canva, I was always designing in, like my birthday invitations or you know, going to other websites to do those. So you know, when things come up in your life, just be creative. Or if you're going to do a Facebook event create a really cute banner for your birthday or someone's baby shower or even, you know, for other people's baby showers, I've created, you know, really nice, you know, like the quizzes that you do and Mm, things like that. So just kind of incorporate that into your own life and you don't always have to go and buy the pre-created pads of paper that you can do and you can do it all yourself. Yeah, cool. So try new things and look for opportunities to to be creative. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um for joining me today, Sasha. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. <laughs> no, not a problem. And and also a um big thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen to Creativity Uncovered today. I I really hope that this episode has inspired you to try something new. Um, if you just aren't being fulfilled currently with your creativity. And um, as always, I really hope that this discussion has helped you summon your creativity the next time that you need it. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. If you've made it this far, a huge thank you for your support and tuning into today's episode. Creativity Uncovered has been lovingly recorded on the land of the Cubby Cubby people, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. This podcast has been produced by my amazing team here at Crisp Communications, and the music you just heard was composed by James Gatling. If you liked this episode, please do share it around and help us on our mission to unlock more creativity in this world. You can also hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episode releases.